Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Afternoon Morning Show. My name is Chris Mueller. I'm joined, as always, by Vinny Kiyomko. Yeah. Hello. And Mrs. Megan Whitsker. Hello. Oh, hey, everybody. How you doing? I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> exhausted. Why are you exhausted, Vinny? Um, so, um, the last week or well, last week and a half, um, I have been through Santa Barbara, Fresno, and then this last week for about four days, I was in Arizona for a uh, Catholic Youth Ministers Conference. Wow. Life team. Oh, that's what it stands for. Yes. Yeah. C- yeah. CYMC. Okay. We're we're Catholics, so we just like to shorten everything. Which I okay. So if you have never, if you obviously, if you're not in Catholic youth ministry, you don't know about Life Teens Catholic Youth Ministers Convention. But it is quite frankly one of the most fun, yeah, things I've ever done. It's the, it's the best. Well, it's, it's the best. So as a youth minister, you you know our lives. We set up chairs. We take down tables. We we plan. We hang out with teenagers. We get underpaid. We eat a lot of pizza. Um, you and play with fog machines. We play with fog machines. That's my own personal thing. Oh. I don't think most I youth ministers. Did that. I don't think no. most, most youth ministers have, have access <laughs> to fog unique. machines. Okay, well, with my theater background, I have a little production background, so I do like to. Spice okay, it but up in all fairness, anytime we used fairness, it, yes, it didn't work. And then when it did, what? it didn't fill the room. The you are dare so you. wrong, no, dude. How no. long did it normally take us to try and get that sucker rolling? I think once we got the hazer, it was really good. The fog machine, the you're fog right. Machine. Fog machine is a lie. Hazer is an amazing piece of equipment. If you can buy one, I recommend it. They're great. <laughs> Hazer, yes. Yeah. But even that took us a little bit, but the fog machine was like the worst thing to set up. Also, never let a computer science grad major be in charge of the fog machine because apparently <laughs> the fire department will show up. Uh, that's what? yeah. So we, we had that, uh, it was it was it was RJ right he he oh, uh, was it RJ yeah he just sat on that button and it, I mean right. like it, you couldn't see each other in the room and it was so anyway this is not what we're supposed to be talking about uh, but but best, CYMC so it's incredible best game of hide and go seek out in the open <laughs> fantastic <laughs> I'm having an asthma attack no you're not shut up uh, so, don't tell your parents <laughs> it's perfectly safe Good probably ministry probably not at this. Well, anyway, uh, but CYMC, great training, like really yeah. fabulous training. And Life Team just takes incredible care of these youth really ministers. Do. Really, really awesome event. And and it's, I found that it's the place where you get to hang out with the people who get it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's they all, they're all crazy like me, so. Yeah, and it, I mean, everybody's up super late at night, just kind of hanging out. You know, the community aspect of it, super cool. Um, the, the teaching, like this year, the life team theme is, is Fiat, Mary's Fiat. It's just not, not a, a badly secret? made European car. Nope. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, which is really funny because every time I look at a Fiat, I've gone, nope, I've never said yes to it. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I just, yeah. Anyways, um, no, it was good. And what's really also cool about it is the fact that these people that you're seeing a lot of online they come to speak so like father mike schmitz was there love him um mark hart because he's obviously one of the top guys at life team um it was it was good it was really good this year specifically was just on um the the new generation this generation of of teens, youth ministry, the next generation, like the I generation, yeah. is that what yeah, the I generation, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I generation, okay. yeah, which is they they dove into it a lot and they actually did a lot of like this like the psychology behind why these teens are the way they are. 
which was great. That doesn't sound condescending at all to the no. teens. We no, just, but we, just, we understand why you are the way, the you, way you are. And we're yeah. trying to accept that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, and how do we speak to these? We need a Jane Goodall for teenagers. Just someone who can live amongst them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> taking you know. notes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Living in a tent That's in the exactly middle of a parking right. lot. <laughs> anyway, well, good. Uh, well, we're going to segue it real quick. We're going to get back to the I generation yeah. and reaching out to, the, to them in a second. But Megan, how are you doing? What's been going on in Megan land? Um, Wait, she gets her own land? Yeah, I do. Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. Last yeah. night I slept for four and a half hours straight. <laughs> and then when I woke up to feed her, I couldn't go back to sleep because my body oh, was too no. rested. Wow. So. <laughs> so, yeah. So that makes us the most pro-life podcast on air. I want to point that out because we have an actual baby and a mother who is currently yeah. feeding the baby in the studio with a bottle. But yeah. Yes. Because yes. we're not going to get into the whole public breastfeeding yeah, discussion because no. that's, right, that's a whole thing oh man it's a whole yeah you know the fire on twitter anyway so yeah that's great <laughs> i'm just yeah twitter but man he was i could i, I saw him step up onto his soapbox and then decided <sighs> to get off we're like gonna don't was... worry there'll be plenty of soapbox time today okay good so yeah and obviously we've been you know we're dealing with the situation with ben so that's our kind of be our first segment so on the show today we had a lot of stuff we prepped for yes. um which is weird. We're actually doing prep now, which I feel very uncomfortable yeah. about. But um, we know I, it's not going to stay there. Well, I think we're going to throw it all out because I, I do want to talk about the bishops' conference and the meetings that are going on right now, in particular some of the conversation that happened with Bishop Barron yesterday. But before we get into that, oh, oops, sorry, wanted oh. to share a little bit about. <laughs> smack my microphone. I, I talk with my hands, which is difficult mm-hmm. in studio. Anyway, I'm so also very Italian. That's a so microphone burp, sir. But I want to do a little quick update on Ben because I know a lot of people are following in, in, in on what's going on with our son Ben and his type, uh, his stage two T cell lymphoblastic lymphoma. Mm-hmm. Lymphoblastic. That's incredibly. Lymphoblastic. We need like a like a sound drop. Lymphoblastic. You know, like that kind of yeah. Um, I wonder so, if people are going to be concerned by like the way we talk about it sometimes. No, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. He's he's such a resilient kid. I mean, he really is, and. You know, I, I going through chemo is interesting. In the first phase of chemo, they call it induction. And they basically just pound on him, pound on him, pound on him. He gets chemo every week. And what that does is it just wipes him out. And so we just it's kind of like having a kid with the flu constantly. Like he just he's just wiped out. But what's been interesting is that um, he just his numbers haven't crashed yet. Hmm. So you'd kind of expect that his 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 immune system would crash and they and they keep telling us it will crash. Right. Um oh next week it'll crash. Oh the next week it'll crash. And they went in today and his numbers were normal and some of his counts actually looked a little better. So really? That's crazy. Which, it is crazy and but no one says God is good though. It, well I hope it I hope I mean yeah, I think yeah. that's what I'm like counting it as a blessing, yeah. as a miracle. I hope that's not like oh it's not working. You know, it makes sense. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's so scary because you, you can't see inside of his little body and his blood work never showed the cancer. Right. And thank right. God. Cause he doesn't oh, have leukemia. Yeah. Right. Um, now we've seen the lump on his neck go away completely, but he also had a mass in his chest. They did an x-ray. The mass in his chest is gone. So we think it's working, right? Like we pray, like it's a lump in his neck is gone. The mass in his chest is gone. And by the end of induction, he's supposed to not have cancer in his body yeah. anymore. Like that's, they get him into remission immediately, okay. right? And so that's all going on. And then one of the neat things that happened right away, kind of a story of grace, that's what I'm kind of talking about, is right away when we got online, we asked for prayer because we found out it was malignant and all that stuff. Um, a friend, uh, Michael Paul Leon, got in touch with me and he, he just reached out and he said, hey, we've got a friend at Children's Hospital Orange County. She's a children's oncologist. We knew her from youth ministry. Really, really awesome lady. And, it, and I said, well, at this point, I don't think we can go to chalk, but we'd love to. Um, anyway, because of 
our, our health care, Ben's covered under what's called uh, California Children's Services. We can take him to any children's hospital we want to. Mm. Praise God. Wow. Super good. Um, and so I reached out to Michael Paul, and he connected us with uh, this wonderful oncologist who's been exchanging emails and giving us a lot of insight and just mm. a lot of information. Um, and so uh, we'll start. We're going to go meet her tomorrow uh, at Children's, which is really super cool. And then Bishop Van, the, the bishop from Orange County, actually called me yesterday and said, uh, hey, I, I'm back in town. want to pray with you guys. Should I come out this Sunday or what, what's going on with you? When can we do this? And I said, well, I think we're going to be at Chalk, so why don't we just get together when we're out there? So I think we're going to get together with him if if we're all feeling up to it, to have him pray with us and to pray over our little guy and just to, so just wow. some neat, some that's neat stuff. super cool. Yeah. And, and that's that's so like Bishop Kevin Van. Yeah. He's like a good man. Just, um, oh. You know, uh, and it, it's, there's been so many stories of grace. Like we, uh, you know, just, just so many. And, and one of the ones I, I really wanted to shout out and, and give thanks to everybody for um, was this GoFundMe that was set up for us. I was just going to say something. Oh that, my gosh. That was, yeah. Um, that it, was, that's so cool, man. It's been really, really incredible to see the response to that. And, you know, because as a Catholic itinerant lay minister, let's put it this way, yeah. right? So much of our livelihood is dependent upon me being able to go out to speak and to, to go to different churches or schools or whatever in you know, again, we've had this insight from our new doctor, right? Like the next phase of this treatment, it doesn't get easier. In fact, it, in a sense, it gets harder. It's a little more spread mm. out, but when they hit him, they hit him even harder. So for Whoa. instance, we were we were laying everything out in our calendar and I'm, I've got some trips coming up where they're gonna hit him with chemo for four days in a row. Um, boom, boom, Whoa. boom, boom, boom. And she said, we're gonna take his, she said, most of my kids go, get a fever during this phase. Most of the kids get a fever during this phase, they end up being admitted. Um, and they're gonna take his immune system to zero. I mean, they're gonna just crush it. Um, okay. And so it's like, oh my gosh. And so, you know, having the GoFundMe to back us, it just, it, it, you know, when I can't go work, it's like, okay, but we're yeah. gonna be okay. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna lose our house, yeah. you know. Hope oh, praise God, right. you know what I mean. Um, so really, 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 really yeah. grateful to everyone who's supported us and, and been part of that. And people are still donating, and it's it's unbelievable. And we, so, yeah, or gifting. They, it's not donations, but it's gifting. Yeah, so, and we yeah. were we were, because when did that that was like what Tuesday? I have no idea when it hit. Somebody told me. I don't know. It was like yeah, it was like late Monday, midday Tuesday, or something like that. And a bunch of us at, at CYMC. Like somebody had brought it to me, I forgot who it was, but was just like, did you see this? Yeah. And a bunch of us were just like, that's so good. Like even people at CYMC were just like, yeah, oh, praise God for that. Like, well, you know, and, and and it's really been beautiful too, because like I was, when people would post it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so great. And I'd repost what people were doing. Cause I just like, I want to celebrate, like yeah. this is amazing. And some, one of my friends reached out and they're like, you know what? Don't, you don't have to do any of that. Don't repost it. Let us take care of you, mm -hmm. you know? And I was, I wasn't trying to like, I wasn't like help us, but I was like, I just trying to, and I thought, wow, that's just so. It's overwhelming to be loved that way by the church. Mm -hmm. I mean, our, our washer and dryer went down, oh, which yeah. was which was beautiful, by the way. Because um, you got six kids, you wash clothes, particularly when you know chemo juice, as we're calling any body <laughs> fluids uh, right now, out of him, out of him, or chemo juice uh, is actually toxic to other kids, right? So, mm. so if our if our our year and a half 
year old gets chemo juice on him, that that's bad for yeah. him. So you're supposed to wash the clothes three times after they get anything three. on it. Three times, right? Holy cow. Um, yeah, it's legit. Like he has to have his own bathroom, right? Um, so, you know, the, the, the washer goes down. It's like, huh. Um, and we had a friend immediately, somebody reached out and they're like, hey, there's a washer and dryer. We can get it to you or, you know, we can do this for you. And I said, well, it was it was far away and it was it was no ele- it was electric, not gas. There's a lot of reasons we couldn't do it. But then they ended up saying, well, we'll we want to buy this for you. So we're just going to send you the money we would have spent to buy this for you. And so we, you know, it really helped us get a new washer dryer. Um, You'd have to send the kids down to the creek. Yeah, well, that was that was the first option. Fill up a uh, a pool out here in the backyard and have the kids with their washboards. Yeah, and maybe start a bluegrass band. Uh, That's really because why not? (laughs) (laughs) What was there was there was a comment that you had made? No, you posted it um, about your son's like on low days. Oh yeah, he likes to listen to cool jazz. Yeah. That now cool jazz is a genre. All, yeah. It's not because all jazz is not cool, but cool jazz is a specific genre yeah. like Dave Brubeck, Miles mm-hmm. Davis. Anyway, Duke so, Silver. Yeah, yeah, Duke Silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and yeah, he just kinda What do you want to listen to? Jazz dad. Oh, does he sweetie. really say that? He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's oh, not me. Man. I'm not projecting. I listen to a lot of different music, well, yeah. but like yeah. That's so that's so kind of cool. So yeah. a friend of mine who I, we knew from our first parish, who we stayed in touch, really awesome family. He's actually sending us a couple of his old jazz CDs. He doesn't listen to anymore. <laughs> so I mean, like that kind of stuff, right? It's just there's just really yeah. neat to be taken care of to have church take care of you in such a way. Well, and I'm telling you, I will donate a fake soul patch <laughs> and a child's turtleneck if that's yeah. gonna help. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will listen see, to cool jazz. You know. Now he still has his hair. Um, and that was a bit surprising. We're told it is still probably going to go, but mm-hmm. he's got it right now. And so this was a really neat blessing. Now, I'm sorry, I'm sharing these stories of grace. And if you're, if you're listening, we're going to get to other stuff in a second, but we will, I just want to, yeah. you know, obviously I'm obsessed with this right now. Um, so, uh, we were going to get haircuts and I went to take the other boys to get the mm-hmm. haircut in my barber, Casper, um, from old town barbers in so Temecula. Good. I was just saying, you know, hey, this is what's going on. And his, their family's had some struggles with cancer. And so I, I, I just knew he'd understand. And he's just... You know what? It's funny, like that old school barber relationship, mm-hmm. like that's that's the situation down yeah. there, right? And so like when my dad passed away, man, like I I, I posted the day, like I've, I've cried in the barbershop twice this year, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, but he, he came in early on his birthday before the shop opened mm. to cut Ben's hair and my hair. So we wouldn't have to worry about other people and, and infection yeah. and all that stuff. That's um, so nice. Yeah, it wouldn't let me pay for it. Like he was just, you know, just mm. just a good, good guy, you know? So all these different stories of grace and it, it's been really beautiful. And um, anyway, so a lot, a lot of that going on. Can I tell you one of the weird things about having going through this as a, as a Catholic speaker and as a dad? Um, like there's so many moments where like, it's like God is teaching me, you know, and, mm. and trying to discern that, like, I don't want to be like, I'll, like, I, like, I, I just want to be a dad right now. And I don't want to mm. go online and like post like lessons from, from cancer with yeah. my son. Yeah. But sometimes it's like this just so profound, you know, like uh, the other day at dinner, he was having like this incredible, like prednisone moment, just just nasty. Just, he was just angry and he couldn't even articulate why he was angry. It was just anger um about I, don't, I still don't even know he was just mm. so i think it's just he's achy and he hurts and he doesn't know what to do and and then you get the prednisone rage and it was like just screamed all dinner it was just tough um and you know the magnificat popped into my head 
you know, like my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, mm. you know, and, and Mary's prayer there. And, you know, the John Michael Talbot, like holy is his name, you know, um, and Francis Cabildo had sang that at my dad's funeral. And so it just was in my head and I was singing the, the song a little bit quietly to myself as I sat there with him screaming at me. Um, and it was just this moment of, okay, Mary, I need you to take over and pray with me. I need you to pray for him. You know, I need your intercession, you know, and then dad, this, you know, this is a clearly, this is a reason was that, you know, it was on my heart to have this sung at your funeral, pray with us. And so we just, I just sang the, I just sang it quietly and I just sat there with him um, and he calmed down and it was, you know, and it was just this moment of, okay, well, I'm not, we're not alone here, mm. you know, right. and just how powerful is the intercession of our blessed mother. And, and then obviously my father in heaven, um, or on his way to heaven. Um, yeah, it was just really, really those moments, you know, and, um, sorry, I'm, I'm dominating this podcast, but no. I was, very interesting. I was picking up, uh, his meds from the other day and, you know, it's, you know, it's hard cause you just, you, I can't explain how you just don't think about anything else. Right. Like mm. you're constantly like, it's just constantly on your mind. Like you're yeah. just constantly thinking about this and, you know, trying to make sure you're doing everything you can do. And like, I'm obsessed with washing my tiles right now to like make sure the floor is clean mm. and I'll do a product endorsement later. Cause I found one I really like. And, um, <laughs> you know, like our sanitizing the counter or just every, just, you just, cause you don't, you just don't want to everything you can do or, you know, like shoving pills in his mouth that he doesn't want, you know, and, but you know, you got to put them in, but ultimately he can spit them out if he, if he, yeah. if he wants to, like, you're, so you're doing this thing. And it just, it struck me like that's, that's the way the father feels about me. Like he's constantly thinking about me. He's constantly trying to do everything he can to make a way for me, to make sure, cause I'm, I'm dealing with a deadly disease. You know what I mean? Like, like there's sin in my life in all of our lives that, that will kill us. Right. And the father is constantly working to make a way for us, to do everything he can to clear a path for us. Um, sticking medicine in our mouths, we're spitting yeah. out sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, and and it was just that moment of like, wow, that is so, that's true, you know, and I am so a little angry prednisone cancer patient sometimes, you know, like, you know, just yeah. spitting out the good things, you know, so. That was, you know. that was something that at the conference, um, during one of the worship sessions that a, a, a song that even I had sung a billion and a half times, right? That's a lot, um, man. Uh, yeah. It feels, it feels like it. <laughs> Um, no longer slaves, but like that bridge, you know, like you split the seas. Yeah. Um, and just how everything like this year obviously was a huge year of, of transition and unrest here and there. Um, just in, just in the office. Cause that happens when, when shifts happen. When someone like, incredibly charismatic and talented leaves an uh, institution, <laughs> the void has to be filled. What is he talking it's got to be very difficult. I, no I don't know what he's talking about. Um, Sometimes he just talks about really vague things. <laughs> <laughs> just insight. I was worked with Vinny at St. Martha's here in Murrieta. I just stepped away and there was transition. Yeah. Is that, is that that's, referring yeah, to? Yeah, that's what I'm referencing to. Um, no, but like just just that fact of, I like I, I was being completely like reflective found myself being more reflective this this one moment and was just like I even though I complained I got through it and I look back at it and I'm like that was nuts yeah <laughs> but it was could have been way worse if I hadn't somehow part of me relied on God to yeah. lift that or make it easier to bear. What I find interesting is how it's so often, it's not even the situation. It's the stories we're telling ourselves about the situation. It's the narrative of fear that, mm. that 
just is so paralyzing. You know what I mean? Um, and like with Ben's thing, right? You, you know, right now he's being treated and he's getting better. I mean, he's getting better. I mean, he's getting better. It sucks. It's terrible. It's a terrible mercy, but he's getting better, mm-hmm. right? But the fear is that it's not, that he isn't. Yeah. You know, something's going to go wrong or this is going to happen. And if we just live in this moment and we don't give in to fear, well, okay, we're okay. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to get through all this. Um, yeah. So... Hey, we, we touch, I'm going to, we're going to transition out of Ben talk. We'll probably come back just because that's what's going on in my life. Yeah. And I tend to dominate this podcast anyway. No, sorry guys. Um, but, uh, I, I wanted to touch base on what's happening in the church kind of United States church, mm-hmm. um, with this meeting of the USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They're currently meeting and I don't exactly remember where, but someplace in, in the United States, because my, my, my bishop, not my bishop, but my. Bishop Van is not there, I, and he, he kind of alluded to it. I don't know why he said something that's a long story, and I, I assume I'll get to talk to him about it at some point. But um, but uh, so I don't know where it is. If I, if he was there, I'd probably know where it is because yeah. I just you know I kind of track him on on the social medias. Um, I, I stalk it's him. Not creepy. I stalk. I stalk it's him. Not creepy. Chris. It's not. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I I have never been pastored by. I mean, very rarely have I been pastored by a by a parish priest. Yeah. As much as I as our family has been pastored. Um, and loved by this bishop of a different diocese. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, and and honestly, <laughs> my local ordinary, we have no mm-hmm. relationship with at all. I mean, you know, so that's really, it's, it's, it is something, uh, it is something quite, quite amazing to me. But anyway, so Bishop's Conference. Um, Bishop Robert Barron of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. People are probably familiar with him from the Word on Fire series that are out there, um, various things. He's kind of the social, he is the major social media Catholic priest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Father Mike Schmitz is probably a close second mm-hmm. as far as social media priests are concerned. Totally different thing, right? Um, he was, before becoming a bishop, he was the head of Mundelein Seminary. Um, famously, uh, the head of that seminary did a lot of reform there. But one of the interesting things is he brought in Scott Hahn to be a, a, a guest lecturer and a, a regular at that seminary, which is kind of a big move. Yeah. Because Scott, uh, while he's very prominent amongst some circles of Catholics, not necessarily widely embraced by all mm-hmm. institutional Catholicism at times. Uh, okay. I think that might be a way to say that. Um, so interesting. So that's kind of, kind of, but giving you a sense of who he is, the fact that he would reach out to someone like Scott Hahn to yeah. come in and kind of gives you a sense of, of where he's coming from. So he, you know, Bishop Barron uh, gave a big speech about reaching out to the nuns, the people who are, you know, the biggest uh affiliation right now amongst millennials and younger people is none. They have no religious affiliation. Yeah. So is that spelled N-O-N-E? Yeah, N-O-N-E-S, as opposed to reaching out to the cloistered uh, nuns. nuns. Yes. And you are known for believing in things. <laughs> well, yes. Yes, that's true. I mean, I think we need Very to do better work with the nuns, <laughs> you know, the cloistered nuns. Um, yeah. So that was his... Okay, so there's a difference like between a sister and a nun. Did you know that? Or... Mm-hmm. I did know, but I can't remember what the difference is. I believe is. the nuns are the nuns cloistered, are cloistered and, and the sisters, sisters are, are not. very like community around them heavy. Right. But living in the world. But yeah, living in the world. Right. In the world. So, so the like, nuns are literally like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. They want none, none. of that. None. 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 They want none. none of that. Like Try, none. You knock on the door, sell Girl Scout cookies? None. None. Nope. 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 Have, you, uh, have you heard about the Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day Saints? Nope. None. Uh-uh. Nope. Uh-huh. Doors are closed. Would you like to buy solar? Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. None. So that's what they're at. Uh, that's who knocks on my door, by the way. Um, solar? Solar. Oh, my gosh. No. I don't. I Actually, I would love solar. I don't want a lease on my house for 30 or uh, a lien on my house for 30 years. And also, I have a very weird roof. 
<laughs> so they can't put solar on my roof. We have a little pyramid. We have and there's a not very enough. Weird there's, roof. there's not enough. There's not enough surface area. Of all the things. He's he's the way he said it was funny. It's, we have a very weird roof. Like it was exasperated. No, oh, I know. Well, I, I hate thought, my I, weird roof. I, I'm self conscious about my weird roof. <laughs> Don't cos- you see this roof? Cosmetic roof surgery. <laughs> cosmetic roof surgery. I'm just maybe gonna put like a little facade. <laughs> okay, on an old western roof. Uh, so anyway, but one of the questions that came out and actually the USCCV posted this on their Twitter feed. Actually, the USCCB Twitter feed this week has been a little bit on fire. Like really? They, yeah, they had like, they someone posted something and and, uh, and they replied back, well, does anyone really like felt banners? I mean, they were just kind of, <laughs> there's a little sass going on on the UC, USCCB Ooh, website. Like Hold on, I'm going to look this it up. It was interesting. It's not your typical, because I, I, it's typically very bad. I'll be honest. It's just kind of bleh. But this was a little bit of a, I think one of the interns got a hold of the feed. <laughs> one of the interns? Okay. One of the seminarians. Exactly. in that exactly. office. Got a hold of <laughs> somebody did. Yeah, it, it came off more like you know some of the some of the good like corporate either, either that or Wendy's got a hold. Exactly, what you say Wendy's social media feed. <laughs> right, but one of the questions was to young Catholics: Why are you still here, young Catholics? Why are you still here? And what I loved is I I saw many many young Catholics not replying, and many many old Catholics replying. And of course, there was the the, the typical sort of bitter uh, Twitter assault of and I and I feel like there's this subculture of of angry trad Twitter and I, that's not to say everybody who's a traditional uh, in terms of trad is bitter but man on Twitter they are Twitter trad Twitter is bitter um, that's what I was <laughs> like thank you I'm rhyming yeah. now um, it, it, it is and and I, I it's it's ugly because that's not a reflection of the beauty of the church right it's not it's not there's nothing sacred about demeaning another person or or you know, speaking in abusive ways to people. There's nothing that, you know, you, you're not acknowledging the sacred in another person when you're doing that. You're not evangelizing them when you're doing it. All you're doing is pushing people into the nun category with your self-righteousness. None. Anyway, but, so I thought it'd be interesting to bring the question up. Yeah, they, they have a Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah, GIF on there. Wow. Yes. Um, so is it GIF or GIF? It's GIF. Uh, GIF. So it is, it actually is not GIF. The The creator of the GIF came Was out and wrong. said it's a GIF. So I actually got into it with somebody the other day in Kansas about that. Oh. I'm so, not encouraging this conversation. All right. So Vinny, um, you are a young Catholic. What? Megan, you are a young Catholic. Am I? According to the church, you, you are. You just thought I was much older than I am. Well, I thought you were like <laughs> a year and a half older than you are. Okay. Much. Which would still keep you in the young Catholic range because apparently until you're 40, you're a young Catholic. Oh, man. <laughs> Which kind of hurts yeah. because I've crossed the threshold. And I'm, you, know, you were not young. I'm not. Side no. tangent. Uh, Matt Franklin, uh, what is it? His third youngest? kid sure we're hanging out at the at the pool with all the families and he goes hey Vinny, how old are you i go oh man i just turned 28 in april he goes almost to 30 i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> like just out of and then he swims away and i'm just nice. standing there in the pool like what just like left you the with that poop? yeah like Little snack. <laughs> Thanks. Anyways, that's what that made me think. Death is coming. Um, yeah. So, okay. So why are you here though? I think that's an interesting question. Like, why are you here? So I want to kind of do two points. Why are you here? And why, what, what, what would have made you leave? If you were going to leave, why would you have left? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? And if you were going to leave, why would you have left? So, all right. So are you, are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Vinny and Megan, I don't want this Sounds to be like. like a scary game. So yeah, well, let's go. We'll go. We'll we need the music. Conversation. Cue conversation. Go, Vinny. 
wow, this podcast sucks. <laughs> this is the worst freaking podcast. No, intimidating. Um, no, so I, I, the reason I'm here, it, honestly, is the community. Like, church, for at least right now, church feels like home. Okay. I, I, I come in, I know people, but that's because I've been at the parish for a while. Um, but there's this sense of, of community. You right. know, the, when I got here, there was a lot of people that were like, hey, and they pulled me in. They pulled me into different communities, different groups, like, and, and, and through that, I was hanging out with people that were much smarter than I was. Much. <clears throat> Incredibly smarter than I was, uh, theologically. Um, Just trying not to say anything. I'm trying to be serious about this. Okay, continue. Um... <laughs> And I learned more that way. And the more I learned out of those conversations in community, the more I found myself more engaged outside of the, like, so for me, it all starts with community. So that, so for you, it was the, you, you felt wanted, you felt yeah. loved, you felt um, like you had friends, yeah. you had people who cared about you. And that was what led you to kind of learn more yeah. about the 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 teachings of the church, yeah. like the you know like the sacraments, the magisterium, yeah. and that. So the hook was community, and then what got you out of the water and into the boat, let's say, was the teaching. Yeah, does that make is that well, yeah. fair? And it, it was it was teaching within conversation. Okay, because it was definitely things that I did not know and found myself going, wait, this is basic, like Catholic teaching. Right. Yeah. What? Okay. I have been Catholicing all wrong. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally true, though. Okay, Megan. What about you? What? 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 Like. Um, I would say similar. Starting with community, um, because I came here in high school, so you need that. Hold Is on, she we, hiccuping? Can you hear it? No, no. It's you're, you're rocking the <laughs> no, baby. No, you're kind of rocking away in and out of the microphone. So oh, it's no, like. Oh no! I'm it's, sorry. Right, I didn't it sounds realize like you're it. walking. Okay, I'll rock this way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, starting with community and um, just finding the teaching, um, like he said, okay, being accepted and trying to learn more and right. not being made to feel dumb mm. for not fully knowing it. Okay, yeah, totally, totally. We found a community that, um, you know, fosters growth and um, as a very self-conscious person, like, like you don't want to ask questions you just kind of like wait around mm. for someone to bring up a question that you kind of have yeah um but just learning to ask questions and being able to learn and then just loving the truth that you find in it yeah totally um so here because of that and just super annoying but like once you have kids like it's like oh my gosh like i need so much more than i thought i needed and finding that with the church mm -hmm. and then trying to teach a three-year-old about it yeah. is a oh, really yeah. beautiful and confusing thing. I can't tell you, there have been many times where like, all right, we're going to pray together as a family before bedtime. Let's pray. And then just thinking, oh God, I'm failing. I'm failing so hard. Why? How am I failing so badly? I, I'm a professional at this. I suck at this. Um, well, especially yeah. if they're super active and they're running around. Oh, yeah. Well, now, we're, now I'm going to... I don't want to talk to God right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're why, gonna. That's well, why I'm holding gonna. you with your arms pinned at your side so you can embrace the prayer time. Or I'm going to smother you like a python. Yes. <laughs> we made the sign of the cross. He's. You're making God wait. He's waiting for us. Put the toy down. Put the toy down. Put the toy down. Put the toy down. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. You know, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I, I um, why am I Catholic? I, it's, 
I think I, I agree. I don't. I think you can't underestimate the role of community. And why are Mormons so good at like drawing people mm-hmm. out of the church? Um, because community. Why do most? Why why are some of our evangelical brothers and sisters so good at drawing people out of the church? Because of community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also would say, and the second part you said about teaching is true too. Because you go to evangelical churches and you you take part in there's like every welcomes you. I mean, David Calavita uh, tells a story where he they moved to Atlanta. I love this story. And they went to a couple of the, they weren't like trying to leave the church, but there's a couple really big mega churches in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, um, Passion City. Passion City, North Point, Atlanta, you know, and, and they got some really great young adult ministry. Mm-hmm. And so he and Brittany were like, well, let's go check it out. We'll go fellowship. We'll go do a little worship time, whatever. And, um, he said they got there and like they, you know, you're in the parking lot. Somebody welcomes you as you're driving in the parking lot. You know, you, yeah. you get, you know, there's a little shuttle to take you to from the parking lot to the the, the auditorium church, uh, and, church. They, and they welcome you, wow. right? You get there and they open the, some people at the doors are welcoming you, right? And, and hey, we're happy here. And then asking you a little about your life. You sit down. The person next to you says, "Oh my gosh, hey, how are you doing?" I'm blah blah blah, and they welcome you. Um, and and he said, but at the same time, we we're trying to find a, a Catholic church, and and literally no one talked to them. At like mm-hmm. five or six different Catholic churches, no yeah. one said hello, no one welcomed them. There was no meaningful anything. It was completely anonymous, and that's not the experience when you go to those those kind of evangelical churches. The other half of that, though, is too like you, you like the teaching part, right? You were in communities where people could explain things to you. If you had questions, you found out. Blah blah blah. Man, if you go to an evangelical church, um, and it, it, you know there's someone's willing to teach you. The pastor speaks clearly. And there's a you leave going. I know what he was talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Whereas too often in Catholic churches, I think we, you get you get you you leave, and there was a time of exhortation or, or teaching or the homily. And it's funny because I've heard so many people say, "Well, that's not what the homily is about." You know, like, "Well, they didn't teach me anything." Well, that's what the homily is about. Well, they didn't exhort me. That's not what the homily. Is about. What the freak is a homily about yeah. then, right? Like, why is he doing that? Why is he up there? And sometimes it sounds like he doesn't know why he's yeah. up there, right? Um, and so you you have no one greeting you. There's no clear teaching. Our catechism, like we, we make people go to classes where we're claiming to teach them, but most of the time we're not, right? Yeah. Um, it's unclear. It's, you know, the books are not, there's just bleh. Mm. Um, and it's, so I think that's, yeah, that's frustrating. And then now we have this new atheism, which is so active, mm. right? And invitational. It's loud. Oh, it's loud. It's invitational. It's willing and ready to teach you, um, you know, and, and, and yeah, we just, we, we've given up, you know, Acts 2, 4, 2, they devoted themselves to the teachings, of the apostles, to the communal life, to the breaking the bread and to prayers. And so many times I hear Catholics go, well, the reason I'm Catholic is the sacraments. If you really knew about the sacraments, you would be too. Well, I would, if you'd show me in community and yeah. in teaching, right? Like, right. But you won't. You just you're so busy, and then we, you know if you if you have the audacity to say, "Gosh, I wish our our, our liturgy was more reverent, or illicit was more dynamic, or I wish mm-hmm. it was more oh, well, this isn't what it's about. It's not entertainment. It's not for your." It's like, well, dude, if I'm not, then if I'm, what? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, stop making excuses for mediocrity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if the sacraments yeah. are the source and summit of our faith, like we believe they are, the Eucharist is. Then shouldn't what we do around it be dynamic yeah. and engaging and drawing people into the life of the of the church? Like it shouldn't, you know. Shouldn't we at least turn the freaking air conditioning on? Like, oh do you know what I mean? Last like, week, man. Ah, yeah. It was ah. so hard. Oh yeah, it was, and it sounds so silly, but like literally, you go. It's an anonymous experience. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. 
um, you're wrestling your your little monkey child, right? If you're lucky, um, and you have a little monkey child. If you mm-hmm. if you don't, you're just sitting there quietly by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and they don't even turn the air conditioning on for you. I mean, like it's again, if I'm not, if I don't, if I'm not founded at this point, if I'm on the verge of leaving, if I have an angry atheist or a friendly atheist who's trying to lead me out of the church and um, giving me all his teaching, and and this is my experience, yeah, it's gonna be easy. Yeah, dude, I got one foot out already. Yeah, you know. Um, so that I, I don't know. That's some of the things. So yeah, I think that um, this last week it was hot, and our kids were like crazy. And we got in the car after mass, and Matt was like, "Thank God the mass is the mass is the mass." I, oh, yeah, absolutely! Yes. Like mm-hmm. this week, we got our sacrament, and we fit like you couldn't understand the homily, didn't hear anything, right? Barely understand the other stuff because Addie's talking in our ears. I'm like, thank God, like we can pray along with the mass, and we know where it's at, right? In our heads, and <laughs> but but if you just get what you can. <laughs> But if you were a kid who didn't get that, or, right. or maybe you had a decent youth ministry, but you or decent formation, or you know you, you went every Sunday with your family because you had to, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and then you go away to college, and that's the experience of blah, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's just there's just nothing you don't fully understand what you don't know. The mass is the mass is the mass, right? right? It's just so easy to walk. Away. Oh and, yeah. And the and you've been so soured on religion by media, by all these things, all the pressures in the outside world. What's happening is they're not walking away to evangelical churches. They're walking away yeah. from God. You know. Um, and then when crisis comes into your life, what do they do? They blame God. Right? Yeah. It's like what we're going through right now. If I didn't know God, if I didn't have a relationship with God, if I didn't understand who He is because it'd been handed on to me by my father, by a community, by the people around us, like. If I didn't see the love of the church in in all these lay people and some bishops, let's be honest, um, and priests all over the world, but um, I would right now be going, God, how could you do this to us? Mm. But mm. because I know God and I know that He's working in all things for our good, I know that the, in this life you will have troubles. Um, take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm. I can I can put my faith in His victory, right? And I can say, we've been fighting for Ben's life since before he was born. Um, and this has, the cancer had nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? And so we're not just fighting for his life. We're fighting for all six of our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And the struggle isn't just about flesh and blood, right? Um, so we have, we, you know, I, I can rely and live in that through this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if I didn't have all that, I'd be, I'd be totally, I'd be just wallowing in yeah. anger, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people are. You know, the church was given to him as a mechanical thing. Um, yeah. it's all outward and they just don't. You know, so what's the point? Yeah. Boy, that I think that's the question so many people, what's the point, you know? Well, and that was, uh, that was something that um, I just had a different conversations and of course at the conference, because that's the thing that's fresh on my mind, um, was that conversation of they're looking, the, the I generation's looking truly for quality. Like they're, they're, they're looking for an experience that's going to make them stay. They're more focused on the quality of things and the quantity of things as millennials. For us, it's, it's about like the success of going to college, having the job, but this group, the I generation, they want to belong. They want to belong. They want the community Oh yeah, they, they want to be involved in social works. Ex- they want to be, but that's why social media with them is so big because it gives them the guise uh, or the lie that 
that's a way to be fully connected. Yeah. Can, can I tell you though, I've been, uh, you know, now that I'm in my mid forties, mm. uh, I've been around long enough to see, to hear the conversation about how are we going to reach the, the, um, how are we going to reach the Gen X, my generation, right? All oh, Gen X is leaving the church. What are we going to do about it? And then, oh, how are we going to reach the millennials? Oh, how are we going to, we get the millennials, we got to do something about it. Now we're going to, how are we going to reach the, the, uh, the I generation? What are we going to do about it? You know what we've done about it? Jack squat. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. You know how you were going to each, you know, and, and the thing, it's, it, it makes me angry because, you, you know, what we know about the, um, what we know about the, at Gen X was we were super sold out for our kids. Mm-hmm. Gen X was all about kids. So you want to reach Gen X? Serve their serve their families. Yeah. Show them you right. care about their families. You would have served Gen X. You know what we did? We cut youth ministry across the board. We had a sex abuse scandal. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just lost them. The millennials. Well, what happened? What, what are you doing about the millennials? They want to be socially, they want to be involved. They want to be yeah. involved in like social justice issues. They want to volunteer. They want to do, what do we do? We told them, sit down, shut up. And, yeah. You know. You know, and nothing, you know? Um, and now we're having this big conversation about how do we reach I generation? Oh, we got to do it on social media. Uh, again, well, how about we just get back to what is the gospel of yeah. Jesus Christ? And how about we just start get back to let's get into people's messy lives and, you know, and, and I, I, I agree. We need good quality media, right? Everybody needs a good website if you yeah. have a business. But that ain't going to bring people to no. Jesus. It's going to open the door for you to get in and to get involved yeah. and to share life with that person. Yeah. And ultimately, we become too reliant on methods, you know, mm-hmm. and, yes. and we need to start just just getting uncomfortable, yeah. you know. Father Mike Schmitz was, was was telling this story this last this week, um, of he works with one of the parishes out in in Minnesota, and this parish specifically does Alpha Alpha, the Alpha Project, mm-hmm. um, is a program that parishes can like subscribe to or, or buy and basically it's 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 a very dynamic way of those who are thinking about becoming catholic well alpha is even bigger so it's it's a it's an ecumenical thing, yeah right it's essentially it's kind of like what young life was to high school yes we're just inviting people to get to know jesus christ and then we're going to send them back to their communities of mm-hmm. kind of their tradition right okay um and so alpha is it's life changing? Yeah, it it is it is a proclamation of the gospel. It's a place to ask questions. Mm-hmm. There's a retreat where a way weekend where they they invite people to encounter the basically a baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, in charismatic mm-hmm. language, an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and people's lives are changed. I mean, I, I talk about this. I met a guy in Canada who he's been volunteering for the Halifax conference for X number of years. And he goes, oh yeah, I, I didn't want nothing to do with this Catholic stuff. I had nothing. I was an atheist and cared and why part of it. And Alpha changed my life. Yeah. And, now, and now I am completely, I'm in. I, there's, you know, I know, sorry, I choked. I know, I know <laughs> this Lord. I wasn't, I was like, I wasn't choked up. I wasn't yeah. Uh But well, like he, and, and it was just his life changed. Yeah. So, so you're saying Father yeah. Mike's involved with Alpha out in Minnesota. Well, and he was sharing this story of, um, this young man, that uh, young adult, had gone through the program and wanted to lead, right? And, you know, Father Mike having a direct hand in, in his kind of conversion through Alpha. Um, and so this young man decides that he wants to lead. Well, I can't remember their their names um, or the names that he had said. But then there was this other young man that had just gotten to college and had heard about this and was there. Um, and so these two young men, one was the leader, the other one was participating and through the whole thing with, with alpha, the leader had poured into the young man in the group. He became Catholic 
join the next team for Alpha. There are four parts of this story where that happens. Right. And now all four of these young men are going to college all together. Right. They have like a house together. Yeah. And they're like living together and building community. Like <clears throat> the reality is, is that if it wasn't for the experience with a person who was there to build community. Yeah. The other three probably wouldn't have finished. Absolutely. You know? Like we don't, it, it's so hard that um, when you walk in and nobody's talking to each other or people get shushed. Yeah. Or, you know, like there's that oh sense of community. Gosh. Yeah. Wait until, yep. wait until after, wait until after mass, wait until, yeah, but after mass, if there's not anything for a reason to get them to stay and build community, they're not going to, it's a Sunday. That's right. family day. They're going to go off and go to a park. Well, or even even like more, if I'm just checking off the box of my minimum, then I'm done. Exactly. I'm done. Get me out of here. I'm done. Yeah. And it's right. freaking hot in here and I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like that's get me out. Yeah. And, and the choir is singing an unsingable song that I have no hope of joining in with them. And it's clear that they don't really care that I that I do, right? Um, so what? Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, yeah, you know, that would have that would have been one of the the major things that would have made me leave. Mm-hmm. Is that if I had if I hadn't church hopped for a little bit mm-hmm. early early on in my young adult years, and I would have stayed at that parish that I was growing up that I grew up at at the time because it too was at that time going through transition I probably wouldn't be going to church yeah there was definitely for me when I went to college I definitely had the opportunity to wander and what kept me in the faith was and luckily I have a built-in community because I'm one of seven kids Mm -hmm. you know and my siblings are older and they have kids and their kids are my community you know and 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 I went to college with my brother Mm -hmm. you know um but it was my sister and my brother-in-law sending me Scott Hahn tapes or Mm -hmm. you know reaching out to or when I'd come home when when we checking in on us you know my or my mom my dad and in like the faith I'd seen lived in their life and um and then coming home and then my brother-in-law loading us all up into the van because they were going to confession and so it's time to go to confession so we all just went and it was like (laughs) okay well you know what? I got stuff to say too. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think that's really important because we tend to say, oh, well, youth ministry is important. It is. But if youth ministry ends in, in senior year of high school, then, Mm -hmm. you know, having, you know, if you, if we begin to think of our, our, our youth ministry kids as going out as missionaries or disciples and that, but they have to have the support of the community that Mm -hmm. they're leaving behind them. There has to be a follow-up. There has to be someone reaching into their life or inviting them into, um, or at least connecting with a local church in that area, another person like, you know, like if you're a youth minister, you got to, how can I connect them with another ministry or something? Someone who's going to lead them or a Catholic campus ministry that's going to help guide them. Because the reality is, you know, like St. Paul had this tremendous conversion on the road to, you know, uh, uh, where was he heading to? Uh, Damascus, right? He's on the road to Damascus to to bring out Christians, has this tremendous conversion. He wasn't ready yet. Yeah. He didn't immediately go out on his missionary journey. He experienced God. He had an encounter with the Lord, but he wasn't ready mm-hmm. yet. He needed to be formed. He needed to be discipled. That's St. Paul. Why do we think that high school kids who have encounters at Steubenville conferences are done? Yeah. You know what right. I mean? They're not, you know? Yeah. We had um, one girl from church that was in our confirmation class with us and she ended up being part of our big group of friends. And so after we graduated, we'd still hang out and like make plans. And then she'd be like, Oh, well I have mass. And I was like, I just committed to these plans. Like yeah. now I'm going to look bad if I don't go with you. Right. And she was just constantly like, Oh, well like I'm going to mass or like, Oh, my family's going to confession. Like we'll meet you after like, Anna, can I come with you? 
Like, because yeah. she knows, like, right. Megan, you're supposed to be with me too. Right. Mm. And so just constant. And then even afterwards, you guys had stuff going on in the summer. Yeah. And like, oh, well, I'm going to go do this. So if I can come hang out with you during the day, but you need to be able to drive me back because I didn't have a car. Right. And they're like, Megan, I'm like, well, do you want to hang out or not? Because you need yeah. to take me here after. Yeah. And so she'd be driving, be like, you want to do this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. And she's like, but there's other parts of it, too. I'm like, well, yeah, that part's like really cool. Right. <laughs> and she's like, my dad always makes me do this and I hate it. I'm like, Well, you're going to the wrong church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, you're not Catholic. Yeah. <clears throat> ah. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I again, I I really think, you know, the gospel, this, this, this sport of Christianity, it's not a single player sport. No. There's no. nothing in the gospel that says, you know, um, that we do this alone. And yeah. yes, we go into the, you know, it's important to go into the inner room and to close the door and, and to spend time with the Lord alone. Of course, you know, just mm-hmm. like in a marriage, it's important mm-hmm. to spend time with your spouse alone, intimate time. That doesn't mean that your the relationship isn't public. That doesn't yeah. mean it's not right. the majority of it isn't lived out in communion with each other and with your little community that you you know mm-hmm. emerges from your intimate relationship. You know what I mean? And so it's the same thing amongst the people of God. Like, yes, we're supposed to have an intimate relationship with God. And that intimate relationship with God is supposed to beget other believers, mm-hmm. right? And then we're supposed to foster that community in the church. And if we can't figure that out, it honest to God, it does not matter if it's just the baby boomers or Gen yeah. X or freaking millennials or iGen. It, none of that matters if we can't just get back to that basic of, I have to have an intimate relationship with God and that relationship is supposed to beget other believers. And I'm supposed to help raise up those other believers mm-hmm. in in this beautiful gift of the church, right? That's we're never going to do it. It's going to yeah. be a complete waste of time. Well, and and I think a lot part of that conversation too that that is, I mean, I've I've heard it at staff meetings that I've been in, um, even at, at, at the diocesan level, people go, "This is a great idea. Let's do this. Who's going to do it?" Oh yeah. yeah, you know, like that's that's the other half, is that we either don't make it engaging or are waiting for somebody else to make it engaging. Right. Like God put something on your heart, do it. He's going to give you the ability to do it. Like if you're sitting at mass and all of a sudden it ends up on your heart to go talk to this other young adult that you've seen around, but don't see at the group that you're going to go reach out. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Right. Like I think that's, but that's what built community. Like that's, that was my unique experience with St. Martha's. Yeah. Was that, I had met your nephew, Bobby, um, and he was like, hey, come up. Just come up. The simple invitation. And all of a sudden, we saw Vinny everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I got dragged everywhere. No, God God bless Bob. Like, I am a huge part of of my story of staying Catholic had definitely to do with the Mueller clan and and We are a mighty clan. Yes. But like that, that was the whole thing was nobody, at least out of my experience, the people that were around me that were good for me, didn't wait for somebody else to do it. Right. I was sitting there because I didn't know what to do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I've always kind of been a, a, a firm believer of if it's something I'm supposed to do, then I need to do it. Yeah. Right. right. And again, I, I have this this obsession where there's if you're called to do something, there's probably a plan to do it. Research it. Just implement a plan, and then it'll and figure it out along yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. That, that's one thing. But there've been a lot of things that've been on my heart. I knew I wasn't supposed to do. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I knew they were supposed to get done. But it wasn't me to do it. So what do you do in that situation? 
You yeah. pray and you 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 share the idea and you share the vision and you share the concept and you share the thing. Not in the, oh my gosh, this needs to be done. Who's going to do it? You just go, but, oh, but wouldn't it be great if somebody did this? I'm praying for somebody who's going to come up and do this. I'm praying for whatever. People would always ask me, Chris, how did, how did you have such a consistent core team over the 15 years we had at St. Martha's? Because I prayed for them. Yeah. I, I asked God for this team, like you know what I mean, and and then they prayed for you know, and every time we needed someone, we'd say, "Gosh, we Lord, we specifically are praying for X this," you know, and we'd pray that Lord, we, we have we're all women right now, we need some men, and all of a sudden, like the next year, we're like, "Oh my gosh, we're all men." What happened? Well, yeah, uh, more specific, Lord, we need an equal number of men yeah. and women, and then like, the next, and then the next year, we have an equal number of men That's and women. So it was like, true, you know, um, and so, <laughs> you know. Um, and so that idea of, you know, pray for it, you know, pray for these things. If you want community in your parish, it's going to have to start with you. Mm-hmm. It is. And if it scares you, pray for it. Pray for other people yeah. who will partner with you. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be crazy. It can just be simply just starting being warm to the people around you, smiling mm-hmm. and getting to know the stories of the people sitting around you. It's really simple. Yeah. Just get to know the stories of the people sitting around you um, and share your life with them. And, you know, I can I can speak from experience just being in the church, right? Like... Our son got cancer, and we've been overwhelmed by love, not just from the, the broader, I'm a speaker and people know who mm-hmm. I am church, but from our, our, our local parish community. Um, it's been overwhelming and, and, and at times, I think, frustrating to people because everyone wants to help us, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? And we're kind of like, well, we're, we'll let you know when we need help, yeah. but like that didn't happen because we went to our pew and sat by ourselves and moaned that there was no community. Exactly. Right. It happened because we, and you know, and a lot of these families aren't youth ministry families. No. You know what I mean? They're just people we've talked to over the years. Um, you know, if you want it, invest in it. Well, hey guys, we're at the 52 minute mark. 53 minute nice. mark. I know. It's probably a little longer. We put gold for gold. Hey, we're going to go ahead and, um, close it off here. Uh, if there's something that you want to add to the conversation, you can always email us through the contact form at everydaycatholic.com or um, when I post this on the social medias, you can comment it there. And the Everyday Catholic, oh, pardon me, the Afternoon Morning Show is brought to you by Everyday Catholic. Everyday Catholic is a 501c3 nonprofit. We depend on the support of listeners like you. Um, and so if you'd like to continue to hear the show or maybe see the Everyday Catholic show that we're producing right now or do any of the number of things we're involved in, or just help me keep getting paid, uh, you can go to everydaycatholic.com slash donate and make a monthly pledge. Hey, guys, uh, we love you. We'll catch you next time. Peace out.